Hello. Hey, John. How are you? Hi, Merlin. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah. My mouth's a little dry. What's that? Well, you know, I quit drinking coffee. And without coffee in the morning, it, nothing else seems good. So I don't so I don't eat breakfast. I don't have juice. I just kind of sit and... I wouldn't know. First of all, I got to say that... I don't know if you're looking for a little extra dough on the side, but mm. you being sad and saying that line in a commercial could be mm. like the best thing that ever happened to the coffee <laughs> industry. <laughs> Without coffee, nothing in life seems good. <laughs> Without coffee's delicious lubricating mouth moisteners, John Roderick doesn't know what to do with himself in the morning. My mouth is dry and my taste buds aren't thrilled like they normally are. <laughs> you need coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to tell you, like, there's there's things, I think the hardest part for me with any kind of habit, and I have many, many bad habits, I've been adding a couple a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and are, you taking, are you skateboarding again? <laughs> it's a terrible habit. <laughs> I can't keep my cigar lit. It sucks. <laughs> I'm uh, doing, a, doing a 720, they call it, the 720. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they do call it the they 720. They call it the 720. Like, yeah. I nail the 720 with a big Nicaraguan in my mouth. You nail the 720 <laughs> and the cigar goes out. No, but if I, that's how you know you nailed it. I, I literally I just spun twice while I blew a guy from Central America. Big Nicaraguan. Big, big ring gauge, 52. Uh, I don't big smoke. Nicaraguan. I don't smoke. Here's, here's the thing. Is he, there, is he there doing stuff around the house? or <laughs> Manuel, no. No, Opera La Puerta. Opera La Puerta. <laughs> Fucking A. He's putting up some kitchen cabinets. Or... My Spanish is poor, John. My yeah, point... it's funny. You live in California and you're... I should really be focusing on my Mandarin and my Cantonese. You want to hear my? You want to hear my fake? Uh, my fake Mandarin? Oh my God, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> That's your fake Mandarin. That sounded like Cthulhu. <laughs> You've eaten in my neighborhood. There's probably I, there's a lot of like money hands in Cthulhu. In, in a lot of the food, <laughs> you know, I, you know, where I went this morning. Speaking of money hands and Cthulhu, mm. I uh, this morning I went to that place, that place you enjoy when you're here. I went to the dim sum. Oh my place. god, I love that place. He's such a sweet guy. It's the dirtiest food I've ever eaten, and I've eaten some dirty food. Well, I'm not going to mention them by name because I don't, right. you know. But I, I, I would like, you know, I've learned a couple things about na- my neighborhood. Actually, that I'd like to share. First of all, I'm going to write down Espanol. That's how, you, that's how you say that in Spanish. You say who? Uh, Espanol. Yeah. Espanol. Lo siento. Mm-hmm. Lo siento. I, should just, oh. I should just start off by saying lo siento. That's lo, lo siento just rolls off my lingua. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I think I got one. Señores, that... eh, señores, <laughs> lo siento. <laughs> Primera. Lo siento. Uh, segundo. Uh, so, Espanol, that's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard. I want to come back to your mouth also. I have a good friend who's living in France now. Ugh. Who has a child with a French lady? Nina, and he. Uh, well, <laughs> that would be if he had a child with a Spanish lady. Hmm? Oh. If he had a child with a French lady, it's something else. Say start a, a war, that kind of it's thing. Not a Nina, uh, but uh, but I said, uh, so how how's your French? And he said, oh, I don't speak French. And I said, well, your daughter is like seven years old now. How's her English? He said, not so good. <laughs> and I said, so how's that working? And he said, well, like a lot of French people, my daughter um, thinks that I'm kind of stupid. <laughs> I don't speak French. Yeah. I think by, by, by some measures, I don't want to sound, sound callow, but uh, by some measures, he's stupid. 
I don't think right. that's purely a French. I don't think he's just uh, le stupid. I mean, I think that's pretty fucking dumb that he doesn't learn to speak his daughter's language. You know what I'm saying? It's like having a, it's like having a deaf daughter and not bothering to learn how to sign. No, it's different. Oh, okay. Don't you think? Oh, she, I don't know. Would she you have know? a deaf child, you should learn to sign. Hmm. Don't you think? What else? I don't know. It seems <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Immersion? I, I don't know. Because I mean, I'm not here to judge. That's not John Vanderslice, is it? He, is he still in America, right? I don't America, think John right? is a deaf child, no. Oh, can you imagine how hard that would be on him? He'd be wanting to explain something about like what kind of wood was used in the room it was recorded in, and they'd be going, mm. I'm not going to do the voice. But um, <laughs> no, Spanish, do the voice. Spanish for mouth. Mouth, I was going to talk about your mouth being dry. Uh-huh. I think uh, Boca. 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 Boca is mouth. Boca Raton. What's up? Bo- What's what's mouth in Chinese in fake Mandarin? Are you serious? Do you really want to know? No, I don't want to hear it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'll come back to your mouth. But um, so this place that we go, you've been there. Yeah, I love um, it. yeah, and so it's uh, you know dim sum is a kind of uh, dumpling. I, yes. I know I know people who who live on the on the two sides of the country know this, but uh, you know it's it's a very popular Chinese like mostly was that breakfast. A, was that another was that another anti Oklahoma City joke that you just made? No, no, you're, no. You're Are you accusing me? people in the middle of America. I never backhand an Okie. They're good people. <laughs> Ten or fifteen years from now, when they get computers and wires, <laughs> they're going to be good and mad. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're gonna, <laughs> when throw, they get wires, throw Obamacare at me. <laughs> when they get wires in Oklahoma City, I love that song. It's Merle Haggard, right? <laughs> yeah. When they get wires, I'll in be Oklahoma. there when they get wires in Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm on fire today. That's en fuego. Is how you say that in Spanish? That is en fuego. Uh, I drank, I drank like a, like a two tablespoons of Coke, and I, I'm like, I have to throw it away. I can't drink sweet things anymore. Oh, really? You're you're quitting pop. You know, I've been off it for a long time. God well, damn it. That fucking A. Pump. You drink actual, like, uh, <sighs> carbonated water in cans. You've been drinking that for a long time. God, I'm out of Soda Stream, and so I've just been down in those 12 packs from Lucky. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like I'm on the Pabst again. You know, I used to, I used to be able to drink a lot of beer, John. I don't know if you know that. Uh, I never saw you during your, your many, many cans of Pabst phase. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I have a lot of really problematic things, but I, I think I, I might be, you can tell me if this is the kind of thing that used to come up in meetings, but like I, I can just, now, now, like I'll tell you, today I can't drink beer. Like it makes me really, really tired. Mm-hmm. But I used to be a guy who could just drink a whole lot of beer. You know what? Let's not get into it. Well, um, now let me ask you this. Yes. As a man in his 40s, yes. is there anything that doesn't make you tired? Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God, John. That's the question I never would have expected and I least wanted to hear. Is John, there a single thing? Fucking you... everything <laughs> makes me tired. Sleeping makes me tired. I know. A single thing. That Even the things that you love the most. Do Reading, they not? Oh, my God. Exhausted? The worst. I, you know, the thing is, okay, as you know, I'm a bad parent. Yeah. And I, my daughter and I are really super into Star Wars. I swear right, to God, like terrible. she's she's into it too. I swear to God. I'm not, I, well, you know what? That's, I'm not being that guy. Uh, hey, I'm, my daddy's a Knowles fan. Shut now, up. There are a lot of dads out there who are doing some questionable things by and justifying by, by saying she's into it too. Yeah, yeah, but it's not football. This is Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> totally different head. The, Anakin um, Skywalker. Uh. So. Uh, one of the things I'm doing, I don't don't tell her I said this, but um, there's really only kind of two things in life that I really, if I had my druthers that that she would like, you know, mm-hmm. there's two one things I wish you. Um, one of them's not Star Wars. Uh, yeah. It's really I, I I really hope that she likes you know. And again, let me just stipulate: this is me saying I hope she's like me in two ways, which sure. is I hope she likes to read and right. I hope she likes music. 
and she's kind of into reading and she's kind of into music and, and you know me like i don't want to push her into anything but, but knowing she's, still that she, a, she's still a zygote you can't tell what she's gonna I was be a very of all of my many many problems in life i was a very early reader so um, you know what it is well, okay yeah. but you were a very early reader but there was a there was a there was a decided minimum of other things to distract you right i was also very i was very very lonely john so maybe she's that's... got she's got a million things besides reading that she can a million ways she can input information and i think this is this is going to be the fifth card and i don't want to return to this but really i think literacy as a concept is changing i'm loath to admit that but i really think it's true we should come back to that so here's the thing i bought a bunch of star wars books some of them are awesome like visual encyclopedia you know those cool dk books they've got about all different things um no, i do not know anything you know about the DK... star wars books oh, john just 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 really <laughs> i don't know a thing about them try try and see past your your numerous cataracts <laughs> and just stay you know, with me Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys. Nancy what, Drew, really? That's where you need to go. Well, she's a little girl. Nancy Drew solves mysteries. Yeah. You didn't do it's, Encyclopedia Brown? Uh, no, but I did do... Um, oh, uh, what was his name? Uh, the little little boy who solved, solved the detective stories and smoked cigarettes, and his name was... Uh, um, was Raymond no, like Socrates. Oh. Hmm. Uh, what was his name? You know, my keyboard is still dead on my computer. I'd look it up on the I've internet. Written that down here. We really need to talk about that. Not, I mean, not because it's about computers, because I, I, you're like a man who has a dry and missing mouth at this point. Yeah, I, I sit in front of my computer and I can move the mouse. I can click on things, but the internet has been. Try this at home. The internet has been reduced to just things I can click on. I can I can add no text of my own. This is the funny thing. I mean, obviously, you've always needed to type letters, but the, the original Macintosh. They designed every application so that short of the times when you had to actually make words, you you know you wouldn't need the keyboard. But obviously, if, if you want to have words and search for things, I don't know how you find porn without without typing. Well, I have to go to these. I, I've bookmarked all these uh, automobile sites mm-hmm. uh, dealing with classic cars, and so I go there, and then I just have to click on things and hope that if I click on enough advertisements, I will click through to some porn. You know I mean? Oh, like, it's like the, the hundreds or thousand monkeys thing. Yeah, right. You click on you click on the ad for motor oil. Right. Eventually, Hamlet will you, find you some poontang. Yeah, and then then uh, on that page, you mm-hmm. see an ad for you know getting your tires rotated. In computer, they call it bubble sorting. You're kind of going through, and you're just saying uh, less of this, more of that. That's good. That's yeah, really good, less John. Less of this, more of that, and pretty soon it's like, oh, did you mean get your tires rotated? And you're like, well, I, might. I, don't know what, I don't know what you're saying, but yes, <laughs> click. And then you're on the like, rot- in right. quotes, rotate your tires. Right. If you run site. into those kind of like New Yorker ads for like buckwheat pillows and book lights, you know you're going the, the wrong way. That's you right. figure Back tires. Out. So if I got you Back to- out. Get out. <laughs> escape, escape. Wait, I don't have an escape key. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, Boca. Um, oh, so anyway, I got to these Star Wars books. And, you know, she's... I was saying this. To, I had uh, I had lunch with this 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 guy who's like kind of a, like a uh, this friend of mine who's like kind of a hero of mine. He actually worked on some of the Star Wars movies. Great guy. And oh. we're talking about like what you showed your kids because he's got a kid. He's just a little younger than my daughter. And I was saying like you know I accept my bad parenthood, but I, I am really okay with her watching Star Wars movies and Pixar. Not partly because you know what I like them. It's not right. Dora the Explorer. Have you had right. to deal with Dora the Explorer at all? 
No, my child is is still too young to understand what any of these things are. She, the only time she no, that's has like seen... saying that's like saying I just hope I just hope I get her away from mumps and rubella. Like you no, need to no, proactively we, we, get in front of this. I, I understand the theory, and you know, and I have I've spoken to many of my uh, my Wired uh, friends, not friends who work at Wired, but sure you don't want to say cyber friends. For cyber friends, let's okay. say cyber friends. Mm-hmm. And you know there are there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, opinions, but they seem to break into two camps. One of the camps is, I as the father am going to curate her digital life, so that she gets only the best Star Wars crap. And the other fathers are like, ah, eh, uh, uh, ten years from now there aren't even going to be books, so just give them the give them the gadgets and let them figure them out for themselves. Yeah, I think half are uh, illogically reductive. And I think the other half are, are reductively illogical. <laughs> that is a false dilemma. You learned but about you know, that in a you college know, I, you didn't graduate from. That's a false I'm, dilemma. I do both. I, we, I'm helping. I'm helping. I don't want to watch Dora the Explorer. I'm in the third school, which oh, is boy. that that until she's 16, her her afternoons are going to be sent, uh, spent <laughs> chopping firewood, cutting trail. We got a lot of trails around here that need improvement. <laughs> Reading the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we gotta, you gotta get out there in the woods. You gotta cut some trail. You gotta cut some gotta, trail. I like that term. You know what I mean? You Did you just blades. make that up? Did you just make that up? No, cut some no, no, trail. No. That's, that's, a, that's an old. That's an old day. Uh, it's an old trapper minor forty nine er term. I have no idea what it means, but I can't think of a possible place that it wouldn't apply. Exactly. Exactly. You you're can go cut trail in your neighborhood right now. Well, no, you're in line at McDonald's. Take them to the and you go. Hey, come on, asshole! Cut some trail. <laughs> Or, right. or you're, you're with let's your get, lady as you do, and and you say, you know what? Let's 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 put this wine away and cut some trail. Let's cut the hey, baby. Let's cut some trail. That's right. Give me that's that exactly remote. I want to cut some trail. So anyway, that's. I mean, my my philosophy is the only the only video screens that she's going to see in her life are going to be when she's over at her friends' houses where her parents don't understand how life works. Absolutely, or when she's after you've been like indicted or something, and that's the judge is on the other monitor or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or when she's trying to get my attention and I'm looking at my phone. Right, they call it those screen time. Those are the only <laughs> times the they, only time she's going to see a screen. Call it screen time. Yeah. So anyway, so I read her Star Wars books, that's all. The screen time thing is complicated. It really is. And, you know, it's funny, though, because I, I sometimes get these cautionary tales. I try so hard to not like sometimes in the morning, I'll like look at my computer or something because I'm tired. And I'm waking up, I, even with my coffee, which you don't and what, have. What's the best part of waking up? Oh, at your computer in the morning. We got to come back to this. I'm writing that on a new card. I don't understand how you're doing that, John. I want to talk more about this. You said you stopped for a while and you were sleeping better. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I quit drinking caffeine because uh, anything because anything that makes me have a uh, have an edge over the week, I I, I like to I like to try. So. I see all the people in Seattle. They're within, all within within your boundaries. Within some boundaries. Within within a few boundaries. Your right. boundaries are secondarily physical and pharmacological. But if I may say, mm-hmm. you cut a lot of trail with your boundaries. You, that's just part of a much larger thing that I, something a much larger system. I think. Yeah. Well, I was you know the other day I was at a hotel in Los Angeles and I was uh, I was we were having a little salon there, and there's a there was a, a fellow there who's a famous uh, podcast uh, empire type of character who's also a very snappy dresser and uh, he starts to berate oh, me is this is this little mustache boy <laughs> he starts to berate me i gotta learn what the deal is with that guy because i'm sitting in the lobby of this fancy hotel and i am dressed in a in a, a in an outfit that is generally uh you know what is like casual cool is this when right? you're wearing your jacket from the prisoner I was I was wearing some. Uh, Did you have white piping? I saw a photo of you today with yeah, white, a white yeah, piping I had, jacket. I had some white piping. I had right. some. Sear you know that reads on. as the prisoner. Is that is that what you're looking for? Oh, I, I, it's a. I, I always like to feel like I might 
walk into a train station bathroom and it's actually a portal to a wizard school. <laughs> you're, you might be you might be steampunk. <laughs> and so I anyway, have, you're talking to Mustache McPenny Farthing, <laughs> and he he starts to berate me because I'm wearing white athletic socks. Oh God! With my uh, with my outfit of uh, uh, otherwise of careful discernment, and I said, well. White athletic socks are more than a matter of personal style. They are, it's a survival, uh, it's a, you know, it's a survival technique. And he, he guffaws and all the people at the table, you know, guffaw in that LA style yes. where they're all wearing clothes that, you know, that they couldn't survive for 20 minutes in the desert in. And I said, listen, you never know when the apocalypse is going to come. It could come at any time. It could come right now while we're sitting here and you're wearing your expensive men's hosiery and she's wearing four-inch high heels. And then all of a sudden, we're not sitting here with waiters bringing us calamari. We are trekking across a waterless, burning desert scape. And my white socks are going to wick away moisture mm -hmm. and they're going to keep my feet comfortable. And one by one, you you people are going to drop off and become hyena food. And you're going to say, oh, he had, he had the white piping on his jacket. He looked pretty good. But it was the white socks that ended up being the deciding factor. Yes, I think you're right. And I, I'm just thinking, I, I don't know how, quite how to express my admiration. Uh, it's nice to be at a table with you when the room really changes. <laughs> it's a nice feeling because it isn't. It isn't that you're just simply a, a disturbing outsider crank. It's that you're 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 you have wisdom, as you know. I mean, as as certainly as our listeners know, you're bringing a lot of wisdom in helping people. But you have a way of really reframing things for people in a <laughs> yeah. way that can be a little disruptive, especially if they can't leave. Well, this is the thing. Well, the, you ever seen a woman try to run in heels like that? That's I ridiculous. Have. No, it's terrible. They have to take them off, and then they're in their pantyhose. And you yeah. can't run across a burning desert in I don't pantyhose. think they wear pantyhose anymore. Well, in any case, every time I see a girl with a belly button piercing, I say yes. the same thing, which is, what if you and I need to get over a chain link fence really fast? Like, do you think your belly button piercing is going to help? Are these women you've met or just people you see? Well, because that know, might be the greatest opening line ever. <laughs> the thing is... <laughs> Can I ask you a question? <laughs> excuse me, miss. Let me ask you a question. Belly button piercing. <laughs> What if we have to get over a chain link fence really fast? Felt? You know, if that gets snagged, we're both in trouble. And I'm not saying that you're in trouble and I'm in a, because then I'm with you, right? I got to, mm -hmm. I got to stick around. I got to fend off whatever, whatever devil dogs it is. Because now you come are, to, you've come to rely on her. Well, or at least, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a monster. She I'm might, she might know the combination for something you need to get exactly, to. Exactly. Yes. And now she's hanging upside down by her belly button piercing from uh, the top of a chain link fence. Yeah. And I'm. Then I got to go back over the fence, and I gotta—I don't know—I gotta fight fight off whatever it is that's chasing us. It's really you got to think about these things. Well, if you're not thinking about it, you will have to eventually, right? And my wife watched—I I, kind of watches. I have she's more into it than I am, but I half watched that show, The Walking Dead. It's really good. But you know, I think I—I I, I don't want to get into the whole internet zombie thing. But I'm just saying, once you think even just kind of a little bit about what you would do if you were suddenly surrounded by zombies, I think suddenly you're getting a lot fewer piercings. You know, exactly. I think you're doing a lot less like uh, <coughs> Harajuku cosplay, like with, with funny shoes and complicated hair. That does, that's not going to stand up well. You're going to no. be in situations where you you have to make a lot of instantaneous decisions, where you you see down this tunnel of the future all the options that you all the branches you might have to deal with. And if, you, right. if you're sitting there thinking about a oh God about a piercing, John, mm -hmm. piercings. Well, and, and that, that's why I walk around with that look on my face that I have on my face mm -hmm. most of the time, which is, which is a look that's been carefully crafted 
to suggest that if the shit goes down suddenly and I'm in an airport, for instance, and everyone in the room goes from being their, like, I'm a civilized person in an airport person to being their person, as, as they transform... I want them as they're scanning the room for the person to uh, for the person closest to them that they're going to either glom onto right. or try and cannibalize. I want them to look at me and then choose the next person. You're not panic. <laughs> you're not panicking. And if you are, like, first of all, like they're sitting, they're scanning. They're suddenly scanning. They're, they're everybody's phones, scanning. Their Everybody. Phone's about to run out. They've been yeah. writing on Facebook. There's nothing left. That sandwich that they bought in like a triangle, a plastic mm-hmm. triangle. I hate the plastic triangle sandwich. Tuna sandwich in a plastic mm, triangle. That's living. And and you, and the thing is, that's gone now. Right. Oh, you're, fu- in a, you're in a room with 1,600 people, and that's right. the and the and the <clears throat> the facade is suddenly gone. Oh no, oh. the the white socks are off. And and the thing is, all oh. those fucking energy drinks, your giant fucking energy drinks that you drank and never made anything good with, they're all right. gone. The ice has melted, and now yep. there's gonna there's gonna be have to be some serious decisions. You look at one man in that room, you see the statuesque man who looks a little bit like the guy from the prisoner, and you're gonna <laughs> think you're gonna think twice about going over there. Yeah, and, that's and, not the guy whose back you're gonna jump on and say, "Carry me out of here." You carry <clears> gorp, <throat> you carry gorp, or, or what kind of what do you what do you carry with you in the event of a, oh yeah, I, I always have. Uh, I always have my eye on. I got little pouches. I, I don't want. I don't want to reveal too much, John. I mean, for any <laughs> variety of reasons, I, I know that there are certain things that we're just not going to talk about. And right, I, th- I hope that I am respectful of those things. But I think I think you are. You're very good. Um, I mean, I'll talk all day about the makeshift makeshift weapons you can improvise. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to write that down. All of a sudden, although, you're, you're going to find how TSA, sharp that sharper image can be. Somewhere, somewhere in, the, in America, somebody sitting at a console in a giant TSA warehouse, <laughs> their computer just turned red <laughs> and went, alert, alert, alert. They're like, what are you, weapons? Airport terminal? What? It ha- happens every single time. I'm, I'm in line at the TSA thing. I'm, I'm watching a little bit of TSA theater. And, and then, and then some, a recent immigrant pushes a 50-gallon bucket through a separate lane for the airport employees. Oh. God. Right? And there's a guy, he, he kind of, he just does this kind of blithe wave and he's pushing a giant, giant, giant uninspected bucket. They're looking at old people's wheelchairs, right? To make sure that they don't have munitions. Yeah, they're taking five-year-old shoes off and sniffing them. That's right. I got, mm-hmm. I, I got, I got, I got, uh, I got my, I got my man bag touched. And this guy goes through with a 50-gallon bucket full of maybe lard, maybe C4 explosive. Well, and like if it's just full of garbage, like they're going to go through and inspect every piece of garbage going in and out. I'm yeah. just saying, like, you know, the thing is, it's like Thoreau, right? With the spider webs catching the wasps or letting the wasps through. Yeah, you know, I got nothing. Um, now, now, the weapons in the airport, for example, and, and I blame you for this. Mm. Uh, I found myself, and, and that is such a, such an important phrase in my life. There's so, so often I find myself doing you something. You do find yourself. It's, it's a passive construction, but at the same time, that is what happens. I want you to understand your influence. I, for some reason... I think I took my ADD medicine too late. I wasn't sleeping well, and I woke up. It was about 4, and it's in that awful period between like, oh, I really need to go back to sleep, which would be a 2 a.m., right. or I might as well get up, which is a 5 a.m. For right. me, it's no problem for me. I can write But it was do between those two places. It's a weird time. And, and you know, it's like, oh, if I do this. Uh. So I did this thing I almost never do, uh, and I picked up the iPad, and I started reading about Triumph of the Will. <laughs> okay, and like at four I, o'clock in the morning, we may need to have an offshoot, sort of a Laverne and Shirley to our happy days, where we uh, just talk about Nazis. Because I got to tell you, I think there is just 
so much in World War II in general, obviously. The Nazis specifically, I don't even know what angle you begin with is so fascinating. The angle yeah. I chose this night was to learn more about the major figures. Right. Okay. You, good. Know, you know, I'm an Ernst, very interested in Ernst Rome. I'm very interested in the essay in general. But right. I finally sat down and read the entire Wikipedia entry for Goering, uh, Goebbels, and Himmler. Oh, my God. And I learned. What a night. Oh, oh my, my God. What a night. <laughs> see, and, and again, it's like watching The Wizard of Oz. It's like I know how this goes, but it's so interesting to see it again now that I'm older. Yeah. Now, now here's why, why do I mention this? Because uh, I'm really sorry that I ever met you. But <laughs> also, one of them, I think, I want to say, who is the snappy dresser? That was Goering. Goering, yeah. You know, well, I mean, the snappy dresser for a 400-pound. He's a very, very heavy swine. man. Have you read about some of his outfits? Oh, absolutely. Medieval, all those- medieval hunting outfit with oversized pipe? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, my favorite has to be the, you know, the, his powder blue Air Force Reichsmarschall outfit. He made, he designed the, his own flag. <laughs> he did have his own flag. Have you ever seen pictures of, of Goering's house? I saw a picture of Goering's uniform and, and it looked like it, it might've had a preschool in it. It was very, very large. And it, it had that, you know, that fat, that fat guy thing where it's not simply a long drapey jacket, but it, it has, it, it actually a, has the shape of a very, very large man. It be, yeah, it becomes a, it becomes like a like a, a a tent that might be used in the desert by or, the or like Bedouin. a baseball glove, right? Yeah. Like if you wear a glove long enough, it looks a little bit like your hand, mm-hmm. and this looks a lot like like Gehring. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I think I want to say Himmler, who seems like maybe the most troubling of those characters. He caused yeah. a lot of trouble. I don't know if you know that Himmler. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. I mean, Gehring and Goebbels, you know these guys; they're famous, right? Now, who was the one that had the cyanide embedded in his tooth? I think that might have no no Hitler thought Hitler thought, like, right? Hitler thought he was going to get away with it. He weaseled out at the end and he dressed up like somebody else and he had a whole bit. Oh right, exactly and tried to like sneak out. Now yeah. I think Gehring like did he hang himself or no, somebody Gehring, slipped Gehring cyanided in? himself in prison after but he sat through the whole Nuremberg trial. He sat through it all with a with a smirk on his face and then after they sentenced him to death only then did he kill himself in prison. Oh, just, can you he just how like the day it wasn't like the, it was like an Ian Curtis thing. It was like the day before he was supposed to be hanged. I mean, Ian yeah, Curtis yeah, yeah. in reverse, or the day the day of they found him in his it's cell. A great, I mean, Hall, he just, great Holly song, Ian Curtis in reverse. He just uh, he just he just robbed all of us of the pleasure of killing him for vengeance. Didn't, didn't happen with like Slobodan Milosevic too, or was it the other guy? No, it was the uh, Ratka Mladic. Rat, Ratka Mladic. Did he kill himself in prison? One of those you guys. Know? Yeah, I think, or he just died. I think. I just, think he died. He, he died, died of. Died. Uh, he died of heart sickness because he realized and was sad. He was sad to death. Didn't one of the guys become an herbalist? I think that was Milosevic. He became a respected herbalist who went, he grew a giant ass beard. You should see him because he looks a little bit like you. All um, those people in, in, the, in the Balkans, you know, they're all just almost anybody in the Balkans, the president of any one of those countries could be an astrologer at the drop of a hat. You know what I mean? The, 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 you know, the, Hitler was the, into that stuff, too. I mean, of course he was. was. The, what would you call it? Not more than mythology, the, what would you call, uh, or, or like, arc, not arcane, was occult. He's very into the occult. Yeah. And pseudoscience. John, you get a lot of dental work done. You've had a lot of dental issues in the past. Uh, I believe as we speak, you, ha- you have some orthodonture. I don't want to say too much. My entire life, my entire life is like the, the working script of Marathon Man. Oh, that's rough. I actually had an orthodontic appointment today, and I canceled it at the last minute and <laughs> lied to them. And told them that I was still in Los Angeles. You you finally got into their good books and you fucked that up. Well, because because I just uh, I'm so exhausted. I've had I've had braces for I think a lot longer than I need to have. 
And the only reason that I that I've had them for so long is that I keep not following through on all the appointments. Like, Cuz they got to do adjustments and that's just you're just pushing out the project, right? It's that you got to have that adjustment for so long before the next adjustment. Right. That and sucks. I just I keep skipping appointments and then they're like, "Well, we got to we got to do it. We got to wait another 9 months or something." Ah. Have you ever uh, have you ever priced out if you can say and if you can't we'll just cut this out like so many all other my things. Teeth have I ever pressed out having all my my stepfather, who as it happens was jelly bellies. I'm going to be thinking about that tonight when I'm reading about Himmler. My stepfather, who by the way was an execrable Serb, yeah. um, he was a very he was a bad Serb? man. My stepfather was a Serb. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was a Serb. He had he had all he had all his teeth pulled, had false teeth, big 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 false teeth. He looked like Tony Robbins. A lot of people in the old days had all their teeth pulled. It just made sense. Well, my mom describes it as like. Um, before there was before there was dental hygiene or before there was a full understanding of how infection works that the uh that your teeth were the source of all these mysterious infections and people would people would routinely die or have chronic pain because of what was going on in the roots of their teeth mm-hmm. and so so dentists and doctors would routinely recommend that you have all your teeth pulled in in order to like as a health uh restorative it sounds medieval but um actually the place where I, I the dentist who was nice enough but i eventually couldn't stand going there anymore his mother who was his dental hygienist constantly gave me this article every time i went in about how if you didn't floss and get your teeth cleaned enough you'd get a heart attack and apparently oh. this is science now is that is that there's something there's some i don't know if it's plaque or whatever but there actually is turns out there's actually some connection uh between what you're describing here really <clears throat> it's not just theodoric of york stuff so the question to you is Again, like so many things, I say we will we will cut this out if if it's problematic. Have you ever gotten Have you ever gotten an estimate on what it would cost to have cyanide or something similar embedded in a tooth? Hmm. Okay, it's okay. Don't say. You know what? Don't say. No. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> I have never ever felt suicidal in in the whole all history. All the more of my reason. Life. All the more reason to have it there. It's like Nietzsche says, right? But I, my feeling is my feeling is in those moments, fight the guards. You know what I mean? Fight mm. the guards to death. Like, don't sit in your prison cell and take your take your stuff. Oh, you're saying that's a pussy way out. It's totally pussy. When they come for you on that day and they lead you down the Could hall. Could you get a garrote in, in a tooth? Like a small, like very, very thin garrote? <laughs> tiny, tiny little wire that you suddenly zick pull out of your Maybe you could get a butt, da- a butt derringer. Nah. I mean, even in a, in a situation like that where there is no way that... that that fat old lame ass Herman Goering is going to be able to fight these young American guards in this prison castle. He should at least give the old college try and, uh, you know, and then throw himself off a balcony or something, but like it's cyanide. Come on. That's yeah. the worst. That's this, the, that's the pussiest way. This is just like general grievous in star Wars. Um, who's a, who's a, uh, used to be a, a more organic and now is m- mostly a robot with two opposable thumbs on each hand and uh, did dislocatable shoulders so he can fight with four lightsabers. But the point is it's a lot like the Nazis because he's, he's a coward, ultimately. He's a big coward. Wait, are you telling me that somewhere inside of that general grievous thing there is some kind of living organism? Mm-hmm. That's the theory. That's he's the actually, plot. I was reading on Wikipedia that he's apparently um, secretly embarrassed that he's part like mostly cyborg. George Lucas expects us to believe that that CGI creation has the heart of a human being. He's got a bad cough, too. You ever notice that? No, because I never have watched those movies. I've only seen them when I'm sitting on an airplane and I look over and some poor kid 
his dad has put it on an iPad mm -hmm. to try and keep him quiet. And I look and I see, what is that stupid thing? That's the dumbest looking thing I ever saw. Fascinating. That, uh, that so has, the coffee now, did that you go... has less to do with Star Wars mm -hmm. than, than Harrison Ford and American Graffiti. Um, did you stop the coffee all at once or did you taper? I'm guessing no, you no, stopped no, all, all at once. I could see you being a man who pulls your own teeth and you just stop buying coffee. It's not even in the house. Or did you well, keep it in the house and have a tempting you just to make you stronger? You're no, very... it's here in the house. I have coffee all over the place. Fuck, and I go and I you're strong. You're so strong. Well, that's why you have to build that strength. You can't. You don't just trip into it. This is, all, yeah, this is, part, of, this is all part of, part of your larger practice. When I quit smoking or when I quit drinking, when I quit all those things, you got to quit them cold turkey and then sit there with the perspiration dripping down your forehead and really be in the middle of your suffering. You have to own your suffering hmm. and because that is how you feel like exactly what a hold the thing had over you, right? You have to, you have to, you have to explore every little last corner of the, of the power that, that whatever that was of the power that that had over you to understand what you're quitting. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I quit this or that, but I, took a bunch of medication during the during the come down period or whatever and it's like no 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 the come down period is the soul of quitting something you got to be in it and and feel like all the nerve endings fraying and feel the headache feel the you know feel the craving and and uh, and by like suffering through that then you know what the limits of craving are because craving has limits. There's no, there's no, I mean, unless you are a San Diego mom, in which case there are no limits to your cravings, but I don't, I don't know that reference. <laughs> what if, is you're, that? if you're a Southern California power walking mom, Oh, there, I see. I see. Is out there power walking around every al day. alphabetized catalogs and stuff. Yeah. Just power walking down to the, to the boutique and getting a, getting a mani pedi, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. your craving is bottomless. Clearly, that's how Southern that's how Southern California stays in business. But for uh, those, as is my tradition, I will not discuss Buddhism on here. But you're describing something somewhat similar to that. I will also say I'm really fucking glad I never had to guard you at Nuremberg. You seem like you would be a real handful. Well, because the first thing you do is through the whole trial, you try and get inside your guards' minds. That's right, right. Huh. So that they so they get a little bit of the uh, Stockholm syndrome in reverse, where they're guarding you, but then they start to feel like. I mean, obviously, I think the Nazis were deplorable, but if I were a Nazi, yeah, but like person, the stormtroopers in Star Wars, I think I think they're they're not always a good shot, and they're not that bright. A lot of them, and well, I think they're they easily slow? swayed by the dark side, or or in your case, by by really just the Force in general. You have, I think, you might have the Force more than you're willing to to admit. Well, I don't talk about the Force. That's, That's a good idea. That's a pretty good idea. Uh, but uh, but aren't the uh, aren't the stormtroopers clones? Isn't that the whole theory? Spoiler alert! Yes, uh, I just learned this recently myself when I made the excursion into those movies. I was mm -hmm. fascinated to learn that. I learned about Order sixty six, which is just really. There's, I still have a lot of questions. I have a lot. But of in questions. the in the in the first three movies, by which mm -hmm. I mean the second three movies, or I don't know how to talk about it. Want to talk about but coffee? The original movies. There was no mention of them being clones. Mm -hmm. Isn't that? Am I right? Isn't that sort of revisionism or? Or was there clone talk in the books before the movies? Do you want me to bring up religion? We're talking about Star Wars. Do you now. want me to bring up religion? Yes, I do. Be careful, buddy. <laughs> you got you got you got a, you, you got a fork you, that is dangerously close to an electric outlet right now, my friend. Don't you threaten me with you talking about religion? <laughs> you know what? You could turn that right around and ruin the rest of my afternoon. I'm very aware of that. Um, 
Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and well, uh, but you know what? This is not interesting. I talk about Star Wars in other places. No, but the truth is, he had an idea in mind fairly early on. But for example, the the secret of Star Wars that we never mentioned because you never know who might not know the best secret of Star Wars. Hmm? That that idea did not even appear anywhere until 1978. Oh, during so, the production or after the movie? Still? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they're just still writing one of the awful scripts for, uh, uh, you know, ESB. Episode, I, I just five. I just read in the newspaper yesterday that the guy that did, did all the paintings that that established yeah. all the look of Star Wars just died. Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie probably had the, arguably the person with the single largest influence on why Star Wars was cool and looked the way it did. Huge. He was going to call him Anakin Starkiller. That was going to be Luke Skywalker's name. I just mentioned this on another show. We should move on. And so you just stopped the coffee. Now, didn't you get like a, like a ridiculously – when I've done that before, I get like a totally wanging headache. Oh, it's the worst. You get a, not just a wanging headache, but you actually – You get actually, psychotic. You, I mean, I get psychotic. You feel your, uh, your capillaries, mm-hmm. right? Throughout your body, you can feel your – the one Oof. time I had acupuncture – I was lying on my acupuncture bed in this room that smelled like lavender and with with like weird bing bong jazz playing. And I'm lying there. Did you have cucumber water? (laughs) There was cucumber water. I had everything. I had the whole thing. And and she's, uh, my acupuncturist is putting the needles in me. And I'm sitting there kind of thinking like, "Uh, this is, this is baloney. And then all of a sudden, I feel, you know those diagrams that you used to see in old encyclopedias where it shows you your circulatory system? Like, like the visible man kind the of thing? The visible man stuff where, you, where all of a sudden you just see the, the outline of the human body as, uh, as, as like described by the circulatory system and the mm-hmm. nerves. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I could feel that. It wasn't abstract. It was not abstract. I could feel it. It was, it became the primary feeling i had so I, I no longer felt like the weight of my body or whatever i just felt my skin and my circulatory system i could feel every inch of it and i sat there for a minute or two and i went wow that's a fantastic sensation i'm i i, I don't know what to make of it and i, I kind of mold it over and then she starts taking the needles out and i said what are you doing what, what why are you why are we stopping and she said it's been an hour <laughs> that must have freaked you out. I said, "What? What? It's been it's been three minutes." And she said, "It has been an it's been an hour and ten minutes." Actually, we went over, and I was like, "Okay, I don't know what that is. I don't know what I don't know. I don't. It didn't actually help with my neck pain. That I that is the reason I came here. Like I walked out with just as much neck pain as I had when I walked in." So maybe you maybe you put that fifteenth needle in like just a micrometer to the side, and you connected with my time traveler uh, muscle or whatever. But uh, that was amazing, and I I call it the straits the straits of Vern. (laughs) I think this is a great thing, uh, but kind of like uh, taking MDMA. It's not a thing that I know. It's not a thing that is predictable or reliable enough for me to go back and do this all the time because I, you know, you just like, you sent me, you just sent me through space. Would you try it again? Oh, absolutely. But I wouldn't, I, I do not think, based on that one experience, I do not think I would go with a pain in my neck and say, hey, can I get acupuncture for this pain in my neck? Because it seems like, it seems like it's just like, you should go to acupuncture hmm. all the time. You're doing it more for adventure or prophylaxis? 
Yeah, for adventure, right? Or, I mean, whatever that is, if you can do that, if you can put little pins in somebody and make them feel their circulatory system, you can do a lot of crazy shit. And maybe if it's an 80-year-old Chinese man, he knows exactly how to do it. And and um, and, and you can suddenly fly or you can lucid dream or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, You can get up early. Or you get up earlier. You could, yeah, you could learn, get develop a work ethic. But you wouldn't want to start depending on that because you never know. One day the airport might collapse, and suddenly there's no eighty year old Chinese man with needles, right? Exactly. You're not going to carry him along with that. You must that must put you on on a, on a wooden beam sometimes. Then you must be thinking hard about what if this works? What if it works too well? Right? Then now you're back where you were before. Well, I get, I yeah, exactly, exactly. What, what about chiropractic? You think that's real? I've never done that. No, I did a website for a chiropractor uh, many years ago. And, and like every chiropractor I've met, there's nobody who's just a chiropractor. Like they're all evangelists. Right. And, and the thing is, to be dead honest, like I just, I, there's so little I needed to understand about chiropractic to make a three page website. Well, and it feels a little Tony Robbins, doesn't it? Like oh, you, get in you there bet and it like, does. It feels like just, that. It feels like that religion we don't mention because right. we don't want to get you know. Just sign up for twenty sessions, and you will be happier yeah. and more secure, well, financially know, secure. Obviously, it seems a little fantastical to hook someone up to a box and then tell them how many years of payments you're going to need to fix them. That seems a little <laughs> little wacky to me. But in uh, this case, this guy, and the thing is, you've obviously never read the secret. Can I just literally beg you to never bring that book up again? <laughs> It's – I'm not proud uh, uh, per se about having been involved in the self, self-help industry and it's been something that's being – I've had a very troubled relationship yeah. mentally with that for a long time. Right. But boy, I just – yeah. boy, that book makes me mad. And you know, and the fact that that Oprah but like pushed that book. Boy, that oh, that Oprah. Oh, that Oprah. Mm. It's com- well, coming, coming this, coming this, uh, this fall to the Dumont Network. Oh, that Oprah. Um, here's the thing. But anyway, about- so I quit Go, caffeine. Sorry. I quit caffeine, and I felt, I felt my circulatory system again. Oh, but it was not pleasant. It was unpleasant. My circulatory system was protesting. It was rebelling against me. You got second order Mandarin needles. Every every little that's right. I, every every little corpuscle in my body was saying, "You what?" You did what? God. Give us our magic juice, you bastard. I have, a fr- I have a friend who gets migraines, and he was explaining to me, and I actually asked my shrink about this because I was trying to get this guy some help. And asked, There's actually a, like, a, a famous migraine guy at, the, at the, the place where I go, where my shrink is. And uh, he helps people with migraines. And, and apparently, and I, I don't want to get this wrong, but one reason migraines are so difficult to treat is that they involve three different systems. I guess there are other things like this. But, you know, if you've got – there's all kinds of things that you can fix with a fairly blunt object, right? If you've got a basic tension headache, like taking Advil will probably help a little bit. Mm-hmm. But a, a migraine apparently combines the circulatory system, uh, your muscles, and, and neurology. You know, you're kind of – I'm sorry to be getting this wrong, Tom, if you ever hear this. But you know what I mean? It's not as simple as going like, oh, your neck is too tight, so now you have a headache. Right. It's very difficult to get that combination of things fixed. And I think that's why people they get so frustrated. You know what I mean? And, but, yeah. I mean, have you ever had a migraine? No, but my mom gets them, and I recognize that they are, that they are nightmarish. But the, th- the thing is, for me, it's like when, I, when I've tried – I, any squirrely change in diet I, I do, I'm very uncomfortable for, with any of those diets that mean I can't have coffee with cream or vodka mm-hmm. or now tequila. Mm-hmm. I really like tequila now. But like mm-hmm. that's always – I've found that over time that's been, that's been pretty reasonable for, for me. My buffet uh, diet 
choosing. Um, but there are ones like you ever do like one of those cleanses or something like that. I, you know, uh, there was a while <clears throat> back in the uh, early nineties where there was a, there was a restaurant on Broadway called the gravity bar. And it was, <laughs> I wish that were exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and <laughs> I wish and, you could go in and get like an extra 10th of a G in your yeah. chair. <laughs> well, that's kind of, that's kind of what it was like. You'd go in and you'd get, and it was a raw vegetable bar. <sighs> they would steam, they would steam the vegetables just for a second, you know, you could get them raw, but you could also get them like steamed and then with a little side of tahini. It's just like a salad bar with a philosophy. Except, except, well, yeah, right, exactly. Except that it looked like it was, it was, looked like it was in the future mm-hmm. and it only hired the most beautiful, like fresh faced kind of, kind of those girls that, that have a little bit of a light a light coating of perspiration on their oh, faces. Oh, I know. They're I so totally... beautiful because they're just, they glow. They're wet. A little, with brown, little bit brown, like slightly darker skin sometimes. And so I would go into the gravity mm. bar. And I mean, believe me, I didn't eat another vegetable in any other component or capacity in my life. But this place I would go in and I would have these. And they were actually delicious meals. That was where I learned to drink wheatgrass juice, which I love to this day. Yes. But uh, so the gravity bar was... You know, it was like going to a spaceport and sitting and, and talking to the beautiful girls behind the counter and eating these vegetables with, with tahini. And everybody else that was in the gravity bar was also in space with you. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I would take I would sit and take like uh, shots of wheatgrass juice like I was in an Old West saloon and I was daring all the people around me like, come on, who's going to drink with me? Who's going to have a sh- another shot of wheatgrass juice? You know, people are like, like burping these gathering their hemp bags and quietly shuffling out in their (laughs) and i'm like i love it it's better than carrot juice in fact give me a carrot juice give me a carrot juice chaser uh and i and i dated some girls that worked there it was a it was a very it was a it was a very uh uh productive time for me there was a lady you you uh one time when i visited there a lady you'd been with for a pretty long time and that worked in a in a a restaurant like a nice restaurant or was it a cafe like a cafe kind of place right Uh, a nice cafe nice restaurant cafe again we'll cut this out if it's problematic but but is is it am i getting that a lot of the women in your life are people who were able to give you food or drink <laughs> and, uh, early on, yeah, I'm just saying, like, okay, so you didn't go with the Chinese needle guy. I'm no. guessing you didn't uh, like no, find like, a, a, a reiki instructor or someone that works at TSA. It seems like a lot of a lot of these people who who have been uh, touched by your presence were, were women who worked in the food service or coffee yes, yes. delivery business. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true. Uh, later on, I started to uh, I started to date girls who worked in library science, mm. which was a nice that was a nice trend. For a while. So they want to help so much. Yeah, They're like they, horses. They, they speak. They speak softly, mm. which is which is nice when you're when you're when you have a tendency to get agitated. But in any case, this gravity bar. The one thing, as I spent more and more time there, I started to notice that they had a small shelf of books. And, you know, being someone who has never shied away from a small shelf of books, <laughs> I started to go over and and you know and ask questions about these books, and then eventually I bought one, which was about. The Super Miracle Cleanse, uh, and this is the Super Miracle Cleanse of 25 years ago or whatever, where the uh, where reading this guy's story, it was the story of how he went on this fast and, uh, and then started taking these cleansing herbs. And out of his body, the, the way he described it was that our intestines and our inner workings are 
caked with hardened fecal matter, mm. which constricts our um, constricts our pipes mm-hmm. until all of our poo is just going through this tiny little aperture because all of this hardened uh, black bile poo is still in us. It's like a, so, a fecal spackle that fills up every invagination of your gut. Right. Wow. Well said. You've read it. Anyway, so... so is this a coffee, uh, this coffee enema guy? This isn't coffee enema guy. Okay. Although I did date a girl who, who had wheatgrass enemas as part of a treatment. I heard it's like a bicycle inner tube when it comes out. But she was, she was in... Uh, she what about ear candling? She do ear candling? I tried some ear candling, but I felt like it was... I, there's nothing a Q-tip can. It's a scam. Sorry, continue. But in any case... So he's t- telling this story about, you know, he's sitting in a bathtub and he's, he's extruding this hardened fecal matter that is like a bicycle inner tube, except made of, you know, <laughs> made of roofing tar. Made of like, made of like, like Carter administration era beef. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is, this seems extreme. This is like, if that's really in me, I'd like to get it out. And, uh, and he goes on and on about like, and then... You know, as the stuff comes cleaving off of the walls of your insides, it's it's pink life is restored, and all and now all you need to do is eat one broccoli floret a day, but its vitamins are transmitted to you without you know like instantaneously and automatically. You become more efficient. You become more efficient, and he was and I was like, this is incredible. I'm I'm really into this. But then at the the last chapter of the book, which I think most people don't get to, he talks about. The last day of his fast, walking up and sitting Indian style on the top of a mountain or something, and angels visit him, and they tell him that he's a good man, and they tell him how to juggle four bean bags, <laughs> and they tell him how you know, like they tell him all these magical things, and they tell him that they could only visit him now because his his colon is pink, and. <laughs> That's that's why angels don't visit us all because we because they, their primary interface with us is our colon. And I was like, this book, this book is just that much more horseshit. I doubt any of this stuff happened to him. Oh, he talked about he talked about getting a tapeworm out, where he sat in a bathtub full of warm milk, and the and the tapeworm likes the milk better, and so he pokes oh, come little, on. Pokes little head out of your butt. To drink the bathtub milk, and then once he's once his head comes out, you wait. You don't jump on him right away. You grab it real gentle, like you don't, you don't jump on him because you'll spook him. But once he gets comfortable and he kind of sticks a little bit more, well, he's relaxed. Him. All that warm milk, it's like yeah, he's like, oh, this milk is amazing. That's a sleepy little worm. Then you grab his head and you wrap it around a pencil, <laughs> oh, God. and then you're twisting the pencil because the tapeworm is forty five feet long. And you have to keep this. You have to keep this pencil with the first foot and a half of a tapeworm wrapped around it. You have to keep it hanging out of your butt for however long, for whatever, for the week that it takes for you to gradually twist the tapeworm out. Do you, do you keep crudite near the tub to nourish yourself? <laughs> I guess you sit in there and you burn. That you takes burn some planning, oil. John. You got to clear. You got to clear your calendar. Well, either that or. If you have stuff to do, if you have to go to work or whatever, you get out of the tub and you put on those like magic hammer pants. <laughs> you, just, you go to work, you sit on one of those chairs where it's a kneeling chair and your butt never touches the thing. And uh, Doesn't the milk go bad? 
Uh, well, I think you drain the milk. You you, uh, you maybe you fill it up with milk a few times. <laughs> like you, you're like, oh, what a day at work! I got to get home to my milk bath and twist the little, you know, another foot and a half of this. Tape I get worm. home and persuade my tapeworm. <laughs> so I so I got to that point, and and I suddenly I, I I found myself sitting on a stool in a in a vegan restaurant, reading a book about a guy who had who had uh, like discharged forty pounds of of butt tar. <laughs> and and then could talk to angels and i was like you know what this whole thing is a scam i'm going across the street to get a bacon burger i think that's a cautionary tale yeah i, I mean i i can see the appeal of that and i gotta say first of all every time i hear those stories and and i i did have a, a friend an ex that worked at one of those really loopy far out health health food stores where oh, you're pe- saying that he was in the band x could be could be what was his name uh, dj bone break is that his name <laughs> um but but she worked at a place where people were very into coffee enemas and they would run off these things for you. And, and you know, and then people would photograph. The thing is, you get deep into this stuff. You get deep into it and you start photographing it. And it becomes something almost like Hustler, where people show each other their bicycle inner tubes. <laughs> but, but see, I see, in all of this, I see a cautionary tale. I mean, at, at this point, so I'm thinking of like, remember the ads? There were those Shell, ubiquitous Shell gas station ads when we were kids and they had the booklets you could get about how to drive safer and stuff but they always were like showing well then an- they, all, they also gave you cars didn't they give you little uh little um did they give you cars the, one of those gas stations in the 70s would give you a little a, hot, a matchbox it sounds car like a bp like a bp kind of thing i don't think i don't remember i'll, I'll find out i'll find out but but you see those animations of like the pistons going in and out in this basic animation mm-hmm. and they show you how if you didn't use tecron in your gas like you get all gummed up i think well, have you ever seen the movie emmanuel uh, yes, I've a, seen several Emanuels. <laughs> Emmanuel goes to South Africa. You know, that's how... What year was how, that? Was it during apartheid? It was a little bit later, but during apartheid, yeah. And hmm. Emmanuel, it was Black Emmanuel is what it was. It was oh, but, it was Black Emmanuel. Yeah, but like you know, in Emmanuel, like, it's, it's, it's soft core pornography, so you so there's there's mo- much more plot than you want. Maybe her core was soft. When I had Showtime, buddy... And much more, much more plot than you want, and not as much sex as you it's want. A, it's kind, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a, like a travel, like an English travel documentary that happens to have boobs in it. Right, that happens to have boobs. But in every, t- every instance, when they would start to have sex, there'd be all the, the heavy petting and the kissing, the boob kissing, which is what happens in sex. Yes. And then they, then the, the man would mount the, the female in the movie, <laughs> the titular Emmanuel. And they would always cut at that point to either a a uh, video demonstration of how uh, internal combustion engine works, <laughs> or a scene of a steam locomotive, uh, you know, powering across the uh, the verdant veldt, or X one uh, rocket test, <laughs> an X one rocket test, and 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 they, 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 the filmmakers never seemed to to under or never seemed to acknowledge that 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 this was hilariously funny like it always because then they would cut back to them kind of you're having being sex. serious you're not making oh, like yeah. a joke about like a cartoon uh, this, thing this was a this I was think a, you got some off-brand Emmanuel that, that's not <laughs> what I remember I don't I, I don't remember later. any Tecron I think it was later I think that these are the later Emmanuels the early Emmanuels was, was more pure yeah it, it's just they just clo- zoomed in on the boob kissing oh brother I love that boob kissing but the later ones had 
They had some steam locomotives and some some uh, some Tecron demonstrations. I think the Tecron demonstration, though, in this instance, I think that becomes part of our mental model for how it works inside. We know it's very confusing. We know the poop comes out, so it must be all bad news in there. I'm not saying it's bad to get rid of that, but like you know, the whole there's. I was reading one. Uh, you know, you do lemon juice and salt, and there's just something about that. You know, it's even before you got to that last chapter. You know, it's it, it's a slow soak in a warm milky bath to get you to that point in the book, and then you get to the end. And at this point, I'm just I'm I'm thinking that ancient shit's all that's keeping the angels off my mountain at this point. Like I I want I want that in there. I want that impacted. You know, I I really yeah. want to limit the number of angels on my mountain, regardless of how I'm sitting. Well, this is the thing because you you're up on your mountain. Mm-hmm. Here come the angels, and you're like, okay, I still have enough presence of mind to know that this is unusual. <laughs> and you know, I've spent my whole life trying to stay within the within the bounds. Right, like here's the bell curve, and I I don't want to be one you don't want to be too far to the right on the angel bell curve. <laughs> I don't want to be on the flange in either direction on the angel bell curve, and so if scraping the poop out of my insides puts me all the way out on the on the the far end of this, I think maybe I want I want the poop back. Yeah, you're the one that ate it. You know what I mean? Right, it's part of me. I mean, how do you, how how am I to know like whether or not I'll be surviving off that poop when the apocalypse. It's all in there. You yeah. Know, no, there's also the eye. Oh, thing. this guy said. This guy said it like a crayon came out of him. <laughs> a crayon that he ate when he was six years old. Is that how he did? <laughs> You're telling me that crayon's been in there for forty years. <laughs> <laughs>